blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than SwiftCast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 98 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Ashley, Haley, Steph, and Adam. Yay, full house today. Woo! I love having five people on, it's so much fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Only two episodes away from number 100. Yeah, that's true. And speaking of that, we actually have an announcement of something really fun we're going to do to celebrate our 100th episode. So stay tuned for that towards the end of the show. So have you guys heard or seen all of the articles this week talking about Taylor supposedly insuring her legs for $40 million? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I wasn't sure at first if it was actually true or if it was just a rumor. Well, I think the publication that first reported on it was the National Enquirer, which, as you all know, has such a stellar reputation for reporting truthful news. Oh, top-notch journalism. Oh, it's a legitimate news source. (laughs) (laughs) But I was the same as you. I thought, you know, lots of people do stuff like that. It really wouldn't be a dumb move for her to insure her legs. (laughs) Well, I think that it could possibly be for the reason of canceled shows were something to happen to Taylor's leg if she was to break a leg and all of the shows had to be canceled or some of the shows had to be canceled. I think insurance, if her and her team did get insurance, would cover the concert promoter and the venues because lots of money would be lost to various people if these shows had to be canceled. Hey, you do make a good point. It would be a smart idea. So even though the National Enquirer was the one who ran with the story, I thought, I guess it could be true. And then when Taylor made that tweet, which was absolutely hilarious, where she tweeted a photo of a huge scratch on her leg, and the caption was in all caps, she was pretending to be Scott Bruschetta for the day, in all caps it said, Great work, Meredith. I was just trying to love you, and now you owe me $40 million. poor cat at first i thought okay she's kind of denying it by being really sarcastic and funny about the whole thing but who knows i personally think it's a rumor and taylor was just having fun with it i mean you hear about other celebrities doing this all the time and i don't know her legs are definitely really essential to her career (laughs) (laughs) you know even if she did break a leg two things first thing i don't think she'd even cancel any shows i could never see taylor canceling any shows And secondly, if she did, I would actually personally pay extra money to see her hobble around on stage and still do her performances. (laughs) The only time she's ever canceled a show was in Bangkok because of the governmental unrest there and when she got bronchitis. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't sing. Yeah, I think if she could sing, she would do it. That reminded me of, was it Australia where the power was about to go out or kept going out? Yes, I think it was Australia. She said that if she couldn't get it back, she would just do the whole show acoustic. Because <laughs> she's awesome like that. I mean, if she broke her leg, I'd be totally fine with seeing her just sit in the middle of the stage and sing all the songs from 1989. I'd be perfectly happy with that. Absolutely. I would too. Like Nate said, I'd pay extra just to see that. Yeah, I think everybody's dream would be just to see Taylor sitting there playing everything acoustic with her guitar. That would be great. So I don't know when we'll actually find out whether it's true or not. We might never find out unless she actually breaks her leg. And Yeah, I don't think we'll find out until something actually happens. <laughs> well, hopefully that doesn't happen. No. 
<laughs> but it still was just hilarious. I'm glad that she has been so sassy recently with the media. It's great. <laughs> well, speaking of silly tweets from Taylor, we have all kinds of them of her older tweets from this time years ago. Our first one was in 2009. It was March 13th. She tweets, A day off in Sydney. Drove two hours out of the city and spent the day on the beach. Wrote a chorus you'll hear on the next record. And now we were speculating. Actually, none of us even know which song that was. So we're, we're actually kind of curious. Maybe any of you listening out there know what's, uh, what she was tweeting about at that time? I guess it would be on the Speak Now album, so. Yeah, the only one that we can rule out is Sparks Fly because she wrote that years before. Right. So, hey, if any of you listeners know, feel free to let us know. Maybe this was when she was on the beach in that purple dress. <laughs> of course you would know this. <laughs> I just love that dress and it was just so cute. She had all these photos on the beach or maybe it was when she was with Austin because they also were on a beach in Australia. But mm. I think it might have been the purple dress. I don't know what song it was though. So if anybody knows, let us know. Well, the next one she tweets is from the 16th of March in 2009 again, just three days later. She tweets, it's a video from Australia. I just had to go steal someone else's wireless to upload it. Borrow, actually. I borrowed their wireless. <laughs> Taylor doesn't steal. <laughs> I could totally see Taylor saying this. I borrowed it, guys. I borrowed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a vlog video, right? Yes. She needs to bring back her vlogs. Oh, I know. I miss those. And finally, the last tweet, the 19th of March, again, three days afterwards, she tweets, Studio, because I'm addicted to recording. We always love when you go into studio. I love those tweets. They're always so exciting. I wonder if she was recording that song that she tweeted about basically a week earlier. I don't know. Would be Speak Now again. Could have been. Oh, yeah. The one she wrote the chorus for. Mm -hmm. Then in 2010, on March 18th, Taylor tweeted, Wow, Philly, you just left us pretty speechless. Home state, you always come through. Same time, tomorrow? Cool. Can't wait. Smiley face. I love her stage tweets. And then on March 19th in 2011, so four years ago, she tweeted, Uh-oh, Elizabeth Hewitt wanted bangs. Pre-show haircut. You ready, Madrid? Walking to the stage now. I remember that. She was cutting everybody's hair. Yeah. I wonder if she still does that. I need a haircut. I should tweet her. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she has time. She doesn't have that much going on right now. <laughs> well, in 2012, on March 16th, Taylor said, Celebrating St. Patrick's Day the best way I know how, donut. And a lot of you probably remember the Instagram picture with the green donut around her eye. Every time I have donuts, I think of this photo. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I never have green ones, though. And then a couple of days later, March 19th, 2012, Taylor tweeted, oh my god, just got home. And then an Instagram picture, which is a super close up of Meredith's face. Kitten Meredith, like little. I know, she was just a baby. She also looks entirely not impressed in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> a look that she's perfected over the years. As soon as I read this tweet and saw, oh my god, I immediately in my head just go, look at that face. And it was a face. Or the other thing that comes to mind is, who is she? Yeah, that would fit. Maybe that was Taylor subconsciously writing blank space, and she didn't even know it. <laughs> All right, our next tweets come from March 13th of 2013. Can't believe I'm getting ready for the first show of the Red Tour! Exclamation points. And you guys were there. And we were there. It's been exactly two years now since meeting Ashley. And now we're besties. We're besties. Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> And then the next tweet came the next night on March 14th, 2013. To everyone who came to see us these past two nights in Omaha, thank you for screaming and dancing and singing. I'm driving away smiling. 
Those shows were just the best thing ever. They were. Seeing the show when you had absolutely no idea what to expect at all is just the best experience. And our last one is from last year, 2014, 13th of March. She tweets, A day of cooking in the Hamptons with my hero. How bad can that be? It does not seem like it's been a year since that tweet. Not at all. I know, seriously. Day drinking with Andrea. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so funny. She's like, come on, Andrea, we're day drinking. I think Taylor should do a cooking show in all her spare time. I think she should too. She comes out with all these recipes and oh yeah, I'd watch that. She should do it from her kitchen in any one of her homes. I think somebody actually asked her in an interview about writing a recipe book and she said, not right now, but maybe someday. So there's hope. (laughs) Maybe someday. Anyway, those are always fun to read. I love those old tweets. Now we're going to be giving you guys a little bit of Taylor news in Keeping Up With Swift. The first piece of news is really exciting. Style this week became Pop Radio's most played song. Yes. That's really important for the Hot 100 chart. Keep requesting it. It's number six right now on the Hot 100 chart. But if people keep requesting it and downloading it on iTunes, then we can get it to number one. So after Taylor's tweet yesterday where Meredith attacked her leg, she then posted a picture on Instagram of her leg with a big band-aid over it. And she wrote on the band-aid, meow, with the ow part capitalized. (laughs) You're so funny, Taylor. Oh, Taylor. And also in the picture, you can see what I think is the glue gun scar. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like it. That leg man. I saw the most hilarious post on Tumblr. Somebody made one of those posts where it's like a chat kind of theme. And it says like, Taylor Swift insures legs for $40 million. And then it says like, glue gun responds by saying, I'm going away forever. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to go near her. (laughs) Our next piece of news, just after 19 weeks of being released, 1989 has now outsold both of her last two albums. That is pretty amazing. And in that same vein, she has spent a record-breaking 18 weeks at number one on the Billboard Artist 100 chart. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Taylor was a little bit missing in action this week. She was spotted out hiking in Malibu with Austin around his birthday. And other than that, she was also with Haim for Estee's birthday. And they posted a video of them singing This Kiss by Faith Hill in the car, which made Faith Hill very happy. She responded to that, which I'm betting made Taylor really happy because she loves Faith Hill. And then she also tweeted Estee a happy birthday message on Twitter and said, Real friends are the ones who walk into your house and go get snacks out of the pantry without asking. Happy birthday. I don't know about you guys, but I just recently downloaded Haim's album and I'm really excited to see them. Their songs are awesome. And they also kind of have this 80s vibe to them. They really do. It's going to really suit the tour. You know, their album actually came out in 2013, so it's been out for a while. And we know that Taylor listens to all genres to find new music and artists that she likes. So I kind of wonder if she first listened to them back in 2013 and that had any inspiration on just her overall 80s sound. Yeah, I'm not sure when she started to listen to them. I know they started talking around October of last year, I think. But if you haven't checked out their music yet, definitely do it. I'm happy with it. I'm excited to see them live. And one last side note to that video, I saw some funny comments online saying that people noticing that Taylor and Haim were either not wearing their seatbelts or were wearing them incorrectly. So Taylor, if you're listening, wear your seatbelt. Be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Was the car moving? It was, right? Yes, it was. 
Huh. That's weird because when she did the video of her singing after she got sold a million copies of 1989 in one week, she had her seatbelt on and I, she was just like sitting in a spot, I think. So our last piece of news is that photographer Damon Baker has posted a couple pictures hanging out with Taylor lately. So this leads people to wonder what they might be working on. If you go to his Tumblr, which is Damon, D-A-M-O-N, Baker.tumblr.com, he shoots a lot of actresses and artists and has a very unique way of taking photos. So I'd be really interested to see what he's working on with Taylor, whether it's a magazine cover or something else. Yeah, he's gotten some great shots with Taylor. I wonder if he could be working on anything having to do with the tour, either for creating videos or the photo montages that they sometimes show on screens during performances or something related to that. Oh yeah, that would be cool. So now guys, we're going to be moving on. We're going to talk a little bit about Taylor's upcoming schedule. So to start off, today is the Juno Awards in Canada, and we are recording this on Sunday the 15th, and the Juno Awards are airing tonight in Canada, but it looks like the awards were actually already announced, so we will confirm this with you next week. But unfortunately, it looks like International Album of the Year went to Sam Smith instead of Taylor but we will have to see if we can find any stream of the awards and double check that for you for next week. He just keeps robbing her of her awards. I'm getting really upset about this. (laughs) (laughs) I know that she's fine with it because they're friends, but... Exactly right. Coming up on March 28th is the Kids' Choice Awards, which Taylor has two nominations for Favorite Female Singer and Song of the Year for Shake It Off. And still no confirmation on whether or not she might be attending, but we will let you guys know if we find out. Do you guys know, I know a big thing from growing up as a kid was the Kids' Choice Awards and how they like to slime celebrities. Has Taylor ever been slimed before? No. I don't think so. No, I don't think so, actually. I think that would be fun to see. I think she'd get a kick out of that. I wonder if, if the celebrities volunteer for that or if they just kind of surprise whoever they want to they want to slime, you know? Yeah, I think that's sort of the whole thing with those awards is that it can happen to anyone. <laughs> you are wearing this like gorgeous gown and then all of a sudden 30 gallons of slime just drops on <laughs> I also think that probably if someone said beforehand not to do it to them, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, you're right. If you remember that one year she got the special award from Michelle Obama and she had mm-hmm. like a white dress on from what I remember. So that would have been terrible if she would have gone to get the special award and then gotten slimed. So maybe that year she asked to not be slimed. <laughs> but at this point, I think she would think it's funny. All right. Well, the next night on March 29th is the second annual iHeart Radio Music Awards, and Taylor is planning to attend that. She is up for Artist of the Year, Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Lyrics for Blank Space, and Best Fan Army, which is fan voted. So be sure to vote for our army. And finally, on April 25th, which we still have a bit of time left, about a month, is going to be the Radio Disney Awards. And Taylor is nominated for four categories. Best Female Artist, Best Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Song to Dance to for Shake It Off, and the Most Talked About Artist. And if you want, we encourage you to vote. I guess you can do it two ways. You can do it on Twitter, or you can go to the Radio Disney Awards website. So yeah, definitely uh, try and help Taylor bring home all these awards that we possibly can. All right, and now we are going to be moving on to our mini segments. Woo! 
Our first submission is really exciting. A couple weeks ago, Nate had the idea to start a Swifty success hashtag, and we haven't gotten too many submissions, but we got one for this week. Nice. They're coming in. I'm loving it. This is a great Swifty success. This is from at JenFearless13. I didn't meet Taylor per se, but I did get a hug during the Fearless tour. Hashtag Swifty success. Woo! Congratulations. That's awesome. That's a perfect example. Nothing beats a Taylor hug. That's for sure. And we do have one more Swifty success, and this one comes from at PuppyLover1202, and they said, when you convert the international student visiting you to being a Swifty. Hashtag Swifty success. Nice. That's fantastic. It is fantastic. Not that it's hard to do. I mean, it is Taylor Swift we're talking about here, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's seriously awesome. Well, the next one is from at Great Aunt Emma. I live in PH. I'm assuming that's the Philippines. And Taylor can't see me here. Swifty problems. Well, chin up. She might actually uh, come to the Philippines for the 1989 tour. Who knows? She always seems to add stuff. Our next one comes from Photo Love 95. I attacked my mom when she gave me this. And she put a picture of the airplane necklace that looks like the one that Taylor and Harry had. Hmm. Well, our next one comes from at living to breathe on Twitter, and they tweet, So my sister got this today, and even though it's a girl's thing, I still want it. Hashtag jealous. And it is a picture of Taylor by Taylor. Hey, I can relate. I wouldn't mind having some Taylor by Taylor. It smells really good. I don't know about you, Adam. I don't know if I've ever smelled it, but I'm, I'm sure it's nice. Oh, you haven't? It does actually smell pretty good. Nate, didn't you go to the Taylor by Taylor booth at the Red Tour to smell it? Yeah, well, it was Toronto, and it was the day it was released, and people were going around, some of the Taylor by Taylor reps, they were going around and just giving out little samples, little cards with, you know, like a scratch and sniff almost, basically a little card promoting it. Anyway, so I'm standing in line waiting for one of these cards, because I'm really excited, I really want to smell it, and, and the woman's coming down the line, and, and she just completely skips over me and goes to the next girl. I'm like, uh, excuse me. I was like, <laughs> she's like, oh, you want one too? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Swifty guy problems. Oh, I know. There you go. Our last one for this week comes from at the keys to me was legit considering changing my Instagram name to me period Al, but somebody already has it. Swifty problems. Inspiration from Taylor's actually Instagram photo with the bandaid and the meow. That would have been a good username. People do that so fast. You have to be so quick. It's insane how fast they do it. I don't know how they're so quick. Well, anyway, we had some good ones this week. Feel free to continue sending in any sort of, you know, mini segments that you want, whether it's your Swifty problems or most recently, and I definitely encourage this one, your Swifty success stories. Now we're going to be moving on to, of course, my favorite and I'm sure Adam's favorite now, the fashion segment. Yay, fashion. And you get to go first again. Nice. All right. Well, so this was yesterday, March 14th, Pi Day. Taylor was seen leaving a bar in LA and she was wearing some expensive things, to say the least. The first one was a Prada suede platform ankle boots. Those were $990. She was also wearing a Reformation jelly dress in black, $198. And finally, she was was uh, carrying a Prada Safiano small sound crossbody bag. $1,780 for that thing. <laughs> Good job, Nate. You're getting this fashion stuff down now. Thanks, Haley. I'm just like nailing it lately. <laughs> 
Well, back on March 10th, when she was out for lunch in LA, she was wearing the Reformation Mars dress in Meow Mick, which is $78, but sold out. And with it, she had her Christian Louboutin banana patent pumps, no longer available. And people are going crazy over this purse. The Charlotte Olympia Pussycat Raffia bag, which was a little purse shaped like a cat's face, which I was shocked to find that this was $595. It's pretty small. I mean, I was out shopping just a few weeks ago, and I remember seeing a similar purse for 10 or $20 and thinking Taylor would like it. Sure enough, she liked it. I feel like maybe that designer made this purse just because she knew that Taylor would pay $500 for a cat purse. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the dress, too, that she wore. Even though the color she had on is sold out, they have a different kind of like tiger color that's still available if anybody wants to check it out. 78 I guess, isn't too bad for a dress. Not really. Well, also on March 10th, she was seen shopping on Ventura Boulevard. She had her Steve Madden Hera Oxfords, which are no longer available, and she had a Brandy Melville Vina New York sweater on, which is sold out. I told you guys she bought the whole store. (laughs) Yeah, she did. I think she actually, on this same day, came out of a Brandy Melville store, too. I thought it was funny because she was coming out of their store and she had on one of their sweaters. I was like, yep, she bought the whole store. She came back to buy the whole store for spring. I think she bought that New York sweater a while ago because I think she wore it when she was on a plane going to London a couple months ago. But it's a really cute sweater. It is. And I just went to their site and they have one still available that says Los Angeles. I'm wondering if she got that one or if she's going to get it soon. How much is the Los Angeles one? It's only $46, so if you want to pretend to be psychic like I am, you can get this before Taylor gets it, because if she gets it and wears it, it will definitely sell out. She'll probably wear it when she's back in New York. And just in general, besides the New York sweater that she wore, they have a lot of New York and Los Angeles clothing items that are really cute. And then while out on a hike in Beverly Hills on March 9th, she was seen wearing American Apparel Interlock Running Shorts, and those are $30. And you may have seen recently, she's worn a few different colors of those shorts, a red and white one, and then a green and white one, which was this week. Adam, you got such an easy one again this week. I did. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, I'm making sure you're getting all the pork pies. You're getting the raffia bags. You're getting you're getting loaded up next week. Okay, all the tough words. Our last one is from March 9th when Taylor was out shopping in West Hollywood. She carried her Cambridge Satchel Company Twist Lock Satchel, which is 190 euros. And then she wore her black Aritzia Wilfred Free Hillary sweater, which was $35. It's on sale for $17.50. Unfortunately, the black is sold out, but gray should still be available. So you can check that out. And then she wore her favorite hat, and I think it's Nate's favorite hat too now. The free people patent. I think so. Pork pie hat. <laughs> Which is $58, and it's currently unavailable. And for shoes, she wore her Prada ankle strap platform sandals, which are $850. Oof. If only I could afford clothes like Taylor. (laughs) I know. I bet you really want that hat. Well, the hat, indeed. Sometimes the pumps I'm into. Basically, just the things that I know how to pronounce, so. I'll get you that cat purse for your birthday, Nate. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, big shout out to tastesweftstyle.com for providing us with all of our fashion news every week. We thank you very much. And now we're going to be moving on to our main discussion of the week. Drum roll. We're going to be talking about Wonderland. I love this song. I'm excited. 
I'm so glad she just released this on iTunes so that people who, for whatever reason, couldn't get the deluxe could just buy it there. Yeah, she chose for this to be the first out of the three bonus tracks she released. They're all released on iTunes now. But I wondered as soon as it was released, and still I'm kind of hoping that maybe, maybe not right now, but in a year or so, that it could be a single and get a music video. Kind of like ours. Exactly. I could definitely see that. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I think out of the bonus tracks, Wonderland or New Romantics have a good shot of being like the R's of 1989. And I love both a lot, but I think I probably would choose Wonderland. I would too, out of the three. That one's definitely my favorite. It just fits so well. I think this one must have been a very tough cut for her from the main album. It just fits so well on the main album. I'm really surprised it didn't make the cut. Yeah, it seems like so many people think it should have been on the main album. A lot of people want to cut How You Get the Girl, it seems like. I don't know. I love them all. Well, what was your guys' first impression of Wonderland when you heard it for the first time after the album came out? I think my first impression was this kind of, even though it had the new sound, it kind of reminded me of Speak Now and kind of the fantasy stuff that she always used to talk about, which I really enjoyed. Kind of like a haunted? Kind of like a haunted, a lot more metaphors, just because she is talking about, like, you know, Alice in Wonderland, and but in a new, modern way. I loved it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think when I first heard it, I just thought the lyrics were so great just because of, like Haley said, the metaphors and just the way everything flows together. And at first I was thinking, I'm never going to learn all the words to this song because it's such kind of a complex lyrical composition. But of course I did eventually get them all down, but it did take a while. And I think for me, I tend to like those songs that take me longer to get all the lyrics down. So this quickly became a favorite for me. Absolutely. I agree with you, Steph. And in addition to the lyrics and the complexities and the the cool lyrics you can pull out of it, I personally just really like the sound of it. I don't know a whole lot about musicality or sound, but just the way that the song with the beats. Yeah, the beat of this song is just like really dark. It kind of sets the tone for the song. And the other thing, when I first heard this song, I immediately could see it on stage. And I might be jumping ahead a little bit here, so sorry. Oh, I'm totally with you. But I could see it like kind of like a trouble performance like that really dark kind of performance you know i could just really see her Mm. doing so much with this on stage well i think part of the reason i can see it on stage so well is the fact that there is so much imagery in this song like cheshire cat smile green eyes like i love it when a song i guess paints a picture you know and when it does that i can really kind of see how things could play out on stage and just this like alice in wonderland-esque performance you know with the queen chess piece and the cheshire cat and things like that i don't know i could really see this coming to life on stage. Going along with that, I can see this as being one of those transition songs where she has a video montage right before it where she'll be getting changed and then you can see her like falling down a rabbit hole and going and then it playing out on stage. Oh, that would be cool with a video. That'd be a cool intro, yeah. Maybe that's what Damon Baker was doing, pushing her down rabbit holes. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, I just imagine, because of the We're All Mad theme from Alice in Wonderland, Taylor's friends from real life being in the video montage and like acting out like crazy versions of themselves. Oh, that would be fun. (laughs) I'm just totally making things up. I don't know. I just feel like there'd be so many cool things that she could do with a video like that. And also, Nate, you mentioned the green eyes. And as soon as I heard that line in Wonderland, I immediately thought of, I know places, the dead Mm -hmm. of night, your eyes so green. So did I. So I thought there might be a connection there. 
green eyes is a big theme of this album and i'm not sure when this was written and i haven't really been speculating that much on who these songs are about unless taylor makes it really obvious but i did read something about how one of taylor's former boyfriends is from cheshire so i don't know if that has anything to do with anything hmm. who could that be I also thought maybe she was really inspired by the whole we're never ever getting back together theme was sort of kind of like a wonderlandish kind of theme. So maybe she wrote it back then and just used that for inspiration and said, oh, I'm going to use Alice in Wonderland to write a song. That's definitely possible. What do you mean by that? As far as we're never? Just because, you know, the final performance in Red. She has all the rabbits, and even though it's kind of like a circus theme, it still just kind of reminds me of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, that type. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So, Ashley, you mentioned about a video for this. If it ever did become a single, did you already have something in mind? I don't know. I mean, I think what I said about the tour montage video, the same thing could apply to a music video. I mean, maybe she would have Meredith or Olivia be the Cheshire Cat. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. That would actually be a really good idea. (laughs) It would probably take some sort of animation or special effects, but I think she could do it. I could see a music video of this being very, very dark. Oh, for sure. It would be some comic relief, though, if Meredith was, you know, just like sitting in the shadows and then... (laughs) Well, this doesn't really have much to do with the song itself, but I know that we were talking a while back saying that we could imagine if the new sort of Club Red, if she has one on this tour, could be called Wonderland. I would love that. I think that would be really cool. Can you imagine someone coming up to you and saying, do you want to go to Wonderland? (laughs) (laughs) i'd be like yes please you and i got lost in it come on (laughs) in any other scenario but a taylor swift concert that would be extremely creepy (laughs) it would be (laughs) so looking at a specific lyric to take out that i was just wondering your opinions on um it comes in the second half of the chorus when it says we found wonderland you and i got lost in it and life was never worse but never better And I was just wondering, do you guys think that's just Taylor saying that this relationship, of course, has its very good things about it and its very bad things about it? Because she's saying it could never be worse, but never be better. So is it just kind of her juggling the good and the bad? I think that what she means by that is that the relationship that she had, and of course, we're just speculating, but you know, who it was with, but uh, the relationship that she had was stale almost. It was good, but she didn't really see it going anywhere, if that makes sense. There was no like redeeming qualities, I guess, about the relationship for it to, you know, keep going. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but that's kind of how I interpreted it. Yeah, and the never worse, never better sort of juxtaposition reminds me of basically all the up and down emotions that were described all throughout the whole Red album, which kind of goes back to what we were saying in the beginning, that the sound sounds like she could have written this earlier than a lot of the other songs. I guess for me, I was thinking of it differently, just because of the line, one of my favorite parts of the song, when she's talking about there were strangers watching, whispers turned to talking, and talking turned to screams. Which, in my opinion, there she's talking about just the media. Just anytime she's spotted with somebody, it automatically becomes this huge drama-filled fest of all these articles about her. So for me, I was thinking the never worse is in relation to that, just kind of the hoopla that surrounds her life. But maybe the relationship itself was actually good, but all of the stuff surrounding it just made it so unable to survive. Well, and then that makes me 100% feel like the song would be about Harry. 
Yeah, I mean, that part about talking turned to screams also makes me think about Harry. Yeah, because it was like, it started with a rumor to constant reports about them to just total, utter insanity. It was insane. She was getting death threats. I think the green eyes kind of gives it away. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Well, I have green eyes, guys. How do you know it's not about me? (laughs) That's a good point, you know? (laughs) And also, just playing devil's advocate, we have said many times that it's highly possible that she's dated people we don't know about because I Know Places says that, too. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. The good thing about this album is I really don't think about it that much. I don't sit around and wonder who's this song about. No, it really doesn't seem that important. Yeah, it's really more just about the lyrics, but it's kind of interesting to think this this could be about anybody. There's really not any solid clues, especially because in this album with the album notes and hidden messages, they really don't give you a clue to the songs, whereas the other albums kind of give you at least a good hint. But I like it. I think she really wants people to just focus on the music and the lyrics. So I can't complain. I'm also wondering if this could be a dream that she once had. That she just fit to Wonderland. Because later it said, I reached for you, but you were gone. I knew I had to go back home. She could be dreaming that she had this like amazing you know, night or time with this person. And then she realized she was basically waking up and it was all a dream. That's certainly possible, yeah. Because she did say before that in All You Had to Do is Stay that it was written about a dream she had. So it's not completely far-fetched that this could be just another dream. Yeah, and we actually talked about All You Had to Do was Stay in episode 88. And it was just a dream and then she wrote it down. She hasn't really talked about how this song came about or when she wrote it. So I hope someday she tells us. I was thinking about before the album came out when she was posting lyric snippets from each song and the one that she posted from this was you search the world for something else to make you feel like what we had and in the end in Wonderland we both went mad. So I feel like that probably is to her one of the most important lines of the song. So to wrap up our discussion of Wonderland, let's take a poll of the Swiftcasters and see who believes if this song will be included on the tour or not. Absolutely yes. It's going to be on the tour. I want to say yes because it would be a great transition song. I don't see why she wouldn't. I want to say yes because, as you know, I've been promoting the sad belief that every song will be on the tour. (laughs) (laughs) It's hopeful. It's hopeful. Yeah, I'm also going to say yes. I think out of the bonus tracks, this song has the best shot of being on the set list. And she knows everybody loves it. She's been posting on Tumblr about Wonderland. She always likes things in relation to it. This is the first bonus track she put on iTunes. Well, you guys are going to hate me, but I, of course, really, really want this song to be on the tour. But my prediction is going to have to be that I don't think it will be, just based on the fact that in the past, the only bonus or deluxe edition songs that have been performed on tour was ours. So, like I said, I really, really hope it does get included. But unfortunately, if I was predicting, I'm going to have to say I predict no. Yeah, I mean, it could be one of those things where, say she releases this as a single toward the end of the summer, maybe she'll add it in the set list like she did with ours during the Speed Now tour. That could very well happen. Mm -hmm. But I really hope so. To be fair, I don't think any song, except maybe for ours, any other bonus song, I mean, 
has been as big as Wonderland has, at least with the fans. So I don't know. That's something to think about. For example, like for Red, you probably couldn't have seen her performing The Moment I Knew or Come Back, Be Here. Those just aren't, you know, tour type songs. Whereas, Nate, you're right. This one definitely is the type that could be on a performance. I think it has at least a fighting chance. I don't know. I agree with you guys. Girl at Home, The Moment I Knew, Come Back, Be Here might not have been tour songs. I really wanted, selfishly, The Moment I Knew to be played when she was in Australia, but it probably would have been too depressing for her to do, so I understand why she didn't. I think that plus All Too Well would have been way too much (laughs) sadness for one concert. It's just she was in Australia and it was her birthday and I thought, oh, maybe she'll do it. But that's really, like I said, selfish of me because it's just such a terrible, depressing song. So (laughs) I guess I'm glad we didn't hear them live, but I'm really, really hoping that we get to hear this. I think she could just do so much with it production wise and we all love it. So we'll see. And as tour gets closer, you can look forward to some really cool episodes. We're going to be getting you guys geared up every week. So be ready for that. So just some reminders for you guys, as always, if you would please press the subscribe button on iTunes so that it will automatically download our latest episode for you every week. And if you guys want to contact us for any reason, whether it's in regards to our mini segments or you want to add something to our discussions or anything you want, really, you can contact us in a variety of ways. First of which, you can contact us on Twitter at SwiftCast13. Uh, You can find us on Taylor Connect, SwiftCast13. You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the swiftcast and finally you can contact us just through our website swiftcast13.com where you can find all of these options listed there and i mentioned earlier that we had an exciting announcement in regards to our 100th episode which is coming up in just two episodes so we really wanted to do something fun something that we've never done before and something that as always finds a way to involve you guys our listeners so we decided that on sunday march 29th which is two weeks from today that we're recording this We're going to have a special call-in episode where you guys can actually dial a phone number that we will be publishing as it gets closer and talk to us. And you can talk to us about anything you want about the show or ask us questions or tell us about your experiences or thoughts and predictions you have for tour. It can be literally anything. We're even going to have some trivia questions and chances to win prizes. So it's going to be really fun. And that will be again on Sunday, March 29th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern is when you'll be able to call us and we'll be posting the phone number and any other details as it gets closer but we're really excited for this we've never done this before and hopefully you guys will be too so tweet us and tell us what you think and if you're gonna call in because i can't wait to talk to some of you most definitely this is gonna be pretty awesome i can't wait and related to that itunes we actually discovered will only keep the last 100 episodes of a podcast on itunes we've technically already had over 100 because we've had some special bonus episodes that didn't have a number so right now itunes is removing any of our older episodes that go past 100 so if you want to listen to any of our episodes from the beginning from way back in 2013 you'll want to go to swiftcast13.com where we have every episode in our history still on there so all right guys Next week, what do you think Taylor's going to do? Oh, I have a good one. I think that Meredith is going to have to lawyer up this week because, Mm. you know, Taylor's (laughs) suing her for $40 million. So hopefully she can find a good lawyer. I bet Olivia would make a good lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that Taylor is going to insure her hair for $50 billion. Billion with a B. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> her hair flipping is really essential to her career also, so I think she needs to do that. I think that next week Taylor will get a matching scratch on her other leg from Olivia. Ooh, I hope not. It looked painful. <laughs> it did look painful. I'm going to steal Adams from last week. I think Taylor is going to tweet something related to the tour in this upcoming week. I hope so. Has to be soon. Mm -hmm. Surprised she hasn't already. So anyway, thanks for listening, guys. For episode 98, this has been Nate. Ashley. Haley. Steph. And Adam. All right. See you next week, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Peace out, Swift Scouts. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.